1: I'm LZ Granderson, and this is Life Out Loud. It was hard writing this essay. How could it not be? I'm the host of an LGBTQ Citric centric podcast for ABC, and our parent company, Disney, has been slammed for its initial handling of Florida's so-called don't say gay bill. Some Disney employees have staged a series of 15 minute walkouts in protest. This week, there was a full-day walkout by some employees in California. There was a Twitter account, at Disney Walkout, as well as a website, whereischapek.com, named after our CEO, Bob Chapek, who recently apologized for his lukewarm response to the legislation, which would make it illegal to talk about sexual orientation and or gender for students in third grade and younger. Not sex education, mind you, but orientation, meaning that a queer teacher could potentially get in trouble for simply talking about their wedding. Supporters claim it's designed to empower parents. Critics, of which I am one, say it's an attempt to erase the community. Again. The spokesperson for the governor's office called those of us challenging the bill, quote, groomers. A thinly veiled attempt to scare parents into thinking we're going after children. Again. It's all very upsetting and not the way I wanted to close out season two of Life Out Loud. But it's because of bills like this so-called don't say gay one in Florida and other states that Life Out Loud even exists. I wanted a vehicle to not only document our history but our present and future because we have been erased and obviously there are still attempts to try to make us invisible today. Many grassroots leaders that I've spoken with recently are very concerned about renewed attempts to dismantle marriage equality and laws that would allow services to be denied to queer people under the guise of religious freedom. It feels as if the attacks on the LGBTQ community will never end which is why I'm so proud to be part of a team here at ABC that is committed to telling our stories, committed to the fight. I'm so blessed to have my friends Trevor, Brenda, Robert, Ariel, Vika, Lakia, Elizabeth, Josh, David, Tony, Liz, and Stacia, and so many others working tirelessly to produce the best episodes possible. And I am so grateful for all of the guests who took time out of their lives to share their stories with all of you. I look forward to another season of love and affirmation. The LGBTQ community is more than our trauma. We are more than the attacks on our very existence. We are love, we are beauty, we are joy. And so we wanted to end season two acknowledging the work that still must be done, but not dwell on it. Instead, we wanted to end on a high note and what better way than with the party. Now look, I've been known to shut down some dance clubs and hit up some circuit parties in my day. And one of my favorite DJs is Grammy winner, Tracy Young. Tracy is funky. She's soulful and she knows how to turn a night on the dance floor into an experience. Like, listen to how she transforms Sex in Miami by Corey Burns from this. And you know what's next.
0: Sex in Miami. You nasty.
1: To this. You know- With more than 60 number ones in the Billboard Club charts, there is no shortage of great music from Tracy. We talk about her work with Madonna, who she wants to work with next, and why she considers the dance floor sacred for the LGBTQ plus community. I hope this episode lifts you up the way it lifted us.
0: This is Tracy Young's house party. What,
1: what? You know sometimes you can put on an artist and even though they may be singing a song that's intimate, in your mind, you'll never meet them. But whenever I listen to you, you feel like you're already in the room.
0: That's so cool. Really?
1: Yes. So I I guess my first question for you is, when I go back and I listen to Genesis part one, and when I go back and I hear what you've done with distraction or constant craving, I'm in this perpetual vibe and it never feels nostalgic and it always feels in the moment. Wow. When you think of your discography, what do you get from it?
0: Until recently, I have to say, I feel like my discography has been dictated by society, if that makes sense.
1: Hmm, how so?
0: I always wanted to be a producer, and my opportunities started in remixing. When I started at WPGC in Washington, the people that I was around were already remixing and, um, they were already in the studio and my vision was always to create originals which i'm doing now because like distraction is a perfect representation of who i am probably Mm. a little bit of hip-hop a little bit of underground a little bit of jazz a little bit of house
1: it's a total vibe i going to take a walk, no lay down, get my weak game, play a
0: few rounds. What I'm gonna do, better do now. But my mind star racing the you now. Can't get my heart back to you it's, now. it's a total
1: vibe That's
0: a good record, right? It is. Yeah,
1: How many times do you find yourself asking yourself, how did you do that damn thing? Or I can't believe I just did the damn thing. Like you gotta know, right? When you really hit that mark.
0: I'll tell you the truth about that record. I did that 10 years ago.
1: Wow, are you serious?
0: Yeah, I was living in New York and I was on this total like, uh, I guess what it's called Neo Soul Uh kind of vibe. like.
1: Maxwell, D'Angelo, SZA, yep.
0: SZA, yep. and yep. like, I love her, and I love H-E-R, her, and I love, there's so much music out there, but that's probably my favorite type of music, like the old Maxwell and Jasmine Sullivan and Luther Van, like R&B, real R&B. So in my influences, there's a lot of hip hop that, I grew up playing and listening to. So it's just all mixed up in there.
1: So why did you sit on it for 10 years?
0: You know, it just, I have tons of ideas that I've started. And the universe has to be ready. And you it's like when you're an artist, there's always a thought process behind a release. So I have records that are done that are in my hard drive. But what? I feel like the timing is now. Although I had been trying to release that record, I feel like it's gonna react well now. I don't know, you just know when, like Prince, and I'm certainly not comparing myself to him, but he's got a vault full of finished productions and people never understood it. Right. But as somebody that has, not a vault, but, who kinda is the same way. Like I have finished records on in a hard drive that I don't know, for whatever reason, like I'm just not ready to let them go or put them out, or I feel like they might need a change or, you know, perfection is what it is, I think.
1: What's amazing to me about this story, <laughs> in addition to the fact that you sat on it for 10 years, <laughs> is the fact that it doesn't sound like a 10 year old story. It doesn't sound like a 10 year old sound and it's not a 10 year old vibe. It feels very now. So maybe holding it back was the perfect thing.
0: Yeah, I don't think I create music that is a timestamp. Like sometimes you hear records that sound old and you're like, oh, that sounds like a little dated but then there's some old records that sound like now. I don't know. I don't know where that comes from but I appreciate that that's a that's a huge compliment. I mean, what makes music timeless? It's it's just I guess it's in the beauty of the ear, the person listening. So that's a testament to you.
1: I do love music and yes, I think we've met a couple of times
0: at some parties. The Genesis, what, you brought that up. Have you? Did you go to that party? I,
1: I did not go to that party. Okay. But I feel like I'm at the party when I listen to it from beginning to end. It is so seamless. And as I said, it feels intimate. And even though I know you're playing this in front of thousands, it feels like you and I are looking at each other like going, yeah, that's the vibe, that's the move, that's the groove.
0: That's so cool.
1: It's very, very cool. Can you talk a little bit about what it's like to create that kind of mood when you're at a party like Genesis?
0: My job as a DJ, in my opinion, has always been to give the club goer that experience that they take with them forever. Genesis, the journey, and Tracy Young. Genesis for a lot of people which made that party so special was a New Year's Day celebration. It was a New Year's Eve celebration on New Year's Day, so traditionally we go on on New Year's Eve and we all, we have these expectations and then we're always let down, at least. This is how this party came about. and. Uh, instead of fighting with all those expectations, I said, look, let's create the New Year's Eve experience on New Year's Day without all the hassles. And I would start at 8 a.m. and I would go for 12 hours.
1: What? Just you?
0: Yeah. Well, as time went on, I, the party was mine and my vision. Right. And uh, I started incorporating other DJs because, honey, let me tell you, <laughs> it's not getting any easier as we get <laughs>
1: older. I mean...
0: was very difficult. So again, you paid me You paid me a high compliment that I appreciate very much because, you know, I would take people on that journey. I'd give them the ups, the downs, the hills, the valleys, the peaks. Like when you play for 12 hours, you've got to tell a story.
1: Right. Do you know where the story is, how the story is going to end before you begin? Or are you unraveling it with us?
0: Not not for me. The way that I learned was I had milk crates. And these records, like everything that I was going to play that night went into a milk crate. So I think of it, I have these crates. And I have the, the songs that I want to play. Here's some throwbacks. Here's some beats. Here's some... And I kind of just throw them all in a crate, or separate crates, and then pull them out when I feel it's time. But I get so much from you, and the energy from the people on the dance floor. I'm not someone that plays for myself. Like, I, I like to take requests. I like, it's important for me to give you that experience. Otherwise, I could stay home and play my own music. That's true. And listen to whatever I want. Like my, I want to give you that experience. I want to create something for the the person that is on the dance floor that you've never felt before.
1: What's your cue when it comes to? either adding more layers, like either bass or a hi-hat or vocals as a DJ, like when you're filling so that groove, is it a visual cue?
0: There's no formula for me. I look out and I see the audience. <laughs> and if y'all are just standing around, I, I turn it up a little bit. So it's like a puppeteer almost. I like to take you up and down. So when that up comes, you're like having your life.
1: When you are in that moment with us. And I'm loving this conversation, by the way, because I'm, I'm so intrigued as I'm to... loving
0: your questions. <laughs> Nobody's ever asked these before.
1: Well, good, 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 because I'm, I'm-
0: What's your sign?
1: I'm a Pisces.
0: Ooh, fierce.
1: Ooh, that, I'm, I'm fierce?
0: Yeah, you're fierce.
1: I feel fierce.
0: You're beautiful too, actually.
1: Tracy, are you flirting with me? Maybe. Good, because it's been a minute. I can use one. <laughs> <laughs> As we're going through this story with you, and you don't know where it's going, and we don't know where it's going, is there anything other than the club closing that tells you when it's time to stop and perhaps start a new journey?
0: I like to leave you up, up there, because you'll be like, I got to come back for that. What's that? Over the head every song I play and that's probably the radio in me you know because uh-huh. I started in radio and most of the program directors they're like play a hit all the time that's why you get sick all the music because they have such a tight playlist but people want to hear right. their favorite songs they it's a fact I mean whether you play it differently or this way or that way, you want to sing along to your favorite songs. So I try to leave you with feeling happy and loved. And I mean, I, I'm not I'm not playing pop music the whole time, but I, I try to leave you with that feeling of... Euphoria. Yeah.
1: Was it tough for you as a woman in the industry? And I already know the answer is yes to much of what I'm going to say. <laughs> To become so embraced and loved in the circuit party scene that's dominated by men,
0: I nobody would hire me in the uh, the male circuit. I started DJing for black lesbians. I was the only white one in the in the club. That's the truth.
1: You were special.
0: <laughs> well, and I was the DJ, and that's how I started out. But. Let me tell you, to be embraced by this community means everything to me, because I know the history of what we've gone through as a gay community, as an LGBT community here. We've come a long way, and the dance floor is so much a big part of that. That's why it's just as important for me to give back. The, The community is like my family. It really is. And the dance floor was our church. And we would go every week and just celebrate, you know? That's how I feel about it. Because what people don't understand today is that this acceptance of LGBTQ, that just happened. I know people that were beat up, killed, just for being gay. and. The DJ lifestyle and the gay community and the following and the experience and all that, that was our happy place. That was where we just let it all go. And the music was a big part of that. And it was a safe place. So it's kind of all that wrapped up together. Like winning the Grammy, even though that was a production award, I feel like my my LGBT, Q family put me in that position. I want to thank my LGBTQ family friends, club goers, music lovers who have supported my career from the beginning. I proudly accept this on behalf of all female producers who have been overlooked, thank you. I wouldn't have been able to continue doing what I love without people coming to hear me play. It's really that simple. And I kinda see it that way every time I step in the booth. I'm grateful every single time. It's a blessing. That dance floor was special and it is special and it shouldn't be taken for granted, but everything changes.
1: Everything that you just said, I 1000% agree with. And it was one of the reasons why I hounded your publicist to get you is because when I think about all of the people that I've been blessed to listen to play live, and I'm talking junior, I'm talking Quentin Harris. Like, I love the scene, right?
0: Who are all my friends? Like, we're, we're all a big family, but I'm sorry. Yeah. No, 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 okay. no,
1: no. I And I know that. It is, it is so, so awesome to see you supporting and, and glowing up with one another as opposed to being, you know, competitive with one another. And to hear you talk about the love of the community in that way, knowing that you got your Grammy with working with madonna and her material is such a beautiful full circle moment
0: that couldn't have worked out any better for me like because i am nominated for a second
1: yes with constant craving
0: and the first one i could have gone to my grave like it just was the perfect storm it I'm, I'm somebody that likes to put pieces together and I'm a very loyal person. And at the time, Madonna and I hadn't been working together. So the way that all came about was for me, I can't speak for her, but it, it meant the world to me. And it was almost like, yes, we did it and for me. I remember when I first started DJing for her and then I remember when I first started remixing for her and then I remember like of course production and like being creative as a from a creative artist to artist person and just having having that energy with Madonna I mean I I can't, it's hard to work. I'm getting
1: goosebumps just listening to you.
0: Well, she was also somebody, she was a woman doing her thing. So to win a Grammy for the song that we did and it being an LGBTQ record, it was her and just all the history. It was like, bam, I can die now.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm glad you didn't.
0: (laughs) Us kids don't Talking about that we're too young to understand how the government works. We call... Yeah.
1: Constant Craving, which is what you're nominated for now, Yeah. It's a old classic and puts a current spin on it. Whose idea was it first?
0: Well, that's a similar situation with Madonna because um, it was KD's. She just did a reimagined album Mm -hmm. of some of her biggest songs, and Constant Craving had never been remixed. But if you go back to 95, around the time I'm running around South Beach, my friend Ingrid, who owned Liquid, had you been there? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Liquid, I met Katie. I hung out with Katie. I had dinner with Katie. Like, we played pool together, and I whooped her butt. (laughs) I hope she sees this. And then flash forward to 2021, and to get this opportunity from her... her management contacted me, and wow. then I was like, Oh my God, yes, I would love to do this song. It's never been remixed, but she probably doesn't remember me. But I met her. Oh and my da-da-da-da. gosh.
1: So that was the only time you had met her?
0: Well, Ingrid is a really good friend of hers, and, and she would come to Miami
1: frequently.
0: Okay. So I would always be around. And um, a, a baby little Tracy. <laughs> So I was like, this is just, it's one of those moments that if I win, it's like, boom, I can die now, <laughs> you know? I believe so much in God and, and timing and, and to your point earlier about releasing music when it's time and remixing is a really big thing now. People didn't know what it was when that record was out. So maybe now's the time to do it. You just have to trust the universe, and trust that everything happens the way it's supposed to. It might take a minute, but I I try not to push things. If the energy is blocking, so be it. I never ever thought I'd ever hear a remix of Constant Craving and I never let alone thought I'd be the person doing it. But I mean, God is good and I'm grateful and thankful for all my blessings and and I'm born to do what I do. So I just keep on doing it
1: because this episode is going to run around the time of the Grammys. Let's break down the song that you're nominated for.
0: That I'm going to win for. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: yes, that you're going to win for. Yes, speak that into existence, girl.
0: Positive, positive. Um, no, I the, I guess to put into words how the process works is there's many different directions you could go. As you know, there are many different genres of of a remix right. or house music or dance music or whatever you want to call it. So... You kind of pick a direction you want to go in. And um, I actually did two versions of this song. One, I took the accordion, I think that's called an accordion. thing the baby. And I used a lot of the original pieces. It kind of sounded like a dance remix of the original, but I was going for that because I wanted to take the guitars and the parts that really made that song familiar to the audience that knew it, but it wasn't as well received. So I went back in and instead of using the parts, I played them on the piano instead like. Once you know which way not to go, because art is all subjective. Like, you just, you kind of just do your, at least in my case, I just kind of approach it and hear it away. You're just trying to reach a different audience. But Katie's voice is just angelic. Mm -hmm. That song is just, I mean, it's one of the all-time greatest songs ever. And she's one of the all-time greatest artists. And her voice and... So I wanted her voice to really be the focal point, not the music.
1: There are some remixes that really just focus in on the chorus and repeating the chorus. And there are some that includes the entire song and you opted to go with the latter. And now we understand why. It's because you wanted to honor her voice.
0: In comparison from Madonna to KD, Katie's a real, and I I view her voice as an instrument, a very delicate one. Madonna, on the other hand, likes to be experimental. So I'm not comparing the two as artists, I'm just comparing the approach and how I would approach. With Madonna, I could be experimental. Like you just kind of, with Katie, I kind of wanted to play it safe because I knew that it's also a psychology you have to understand the artists and how they feel about their work and it's hard to turn it over to somebody that i mean i it would be i can imagine that like a song like that and for her to trust me and turn it over and then really endorse it and appreciate what i did i mean it's a huge honor and i t- it's an honor that i take very seriously so I mean, there's just a lot of factors that go into when you get a remix in my head. I don't know if other people feel that way, but I try to keep the integrity of the song always.
1: How did you decide on the BPMs?
0: Well, again, the first version, that's a very, it's actually a fast song in the original. It doesn't maybe feel like it.
1: I think it doesn't feel like it because she's longing in her voice.
0: Exactly. And, but... The BPM is like, I want to say 128, 127 in its original form. I just kept it there, put the guitars, the accordion.
1: So so you're telling me that the original and your remix are at the same pace?
0: I have another version that they didn't want to (laughs) release. So I play that sometimes.
1: That is amazing to me because the remix certainly sounds... Faster.
0: Well, that the remix that they release is like 124 BPM.
1: And the original?
0: I want to say it's 128. But because. That
1: is so fascinating. (laughs)
0: It is. You could get an app on your phone and throw boom, boom, boom on the kick and you'll see the BPM. I could be wrong. I have um, I have so many remixes in my head.
1: No, I know. It, it's it's just so fascinating to me because you're right. The quality and the way that she delivers the song makes it feels more of a mid-tempo ballad right. than something that's actually on the dance floor.
0: <laughs> like most of the trap records, they sound slow, right? Right. But they're actually like 140 BPM. Wow. Because it's like pop, 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 pop. It's like a double time.
1: That is brilliant.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it. But as far as the initial approach and direction, I listen to a lot of other music and I'm like, oh, maybe that, uh, like you just pull, you pull. And I just knew I wanted her vocals to be butter.
1: And they are. I I love, love. Oh, they're butter
0: on their own. (laughs)
1: was <laughs> more butter. More butter, more better.
0: More butter, more better, more butter.
1: <laughs> Last question for you. You have worked with every single significant diva voice I can think of in my 25, 6, 7, 8 years of being out. Is there anyone out there left? Yeah. Who? Because I'm like, you've you gotten them all, didn't you?
0: I have worked with a lot of artists. I just did a record for Macy Gray and Reba McIntyre, which are interesting. Um,
1: I'm
0: always looking for new challenges and to grow, but I, I will tell you Adele, I would kill that. I would just, boom. I just have ideas sitting here talking to you.
1: (laughs) Wow. That would be freaking amazing.
0: Adele and even Dolly Parton. Like, I just hear Adele's piano lines and like her lyrics. And I know that that would be a happy moment on the dance floor. Like, I, I just.
1: Any song in particular?
0: No. I mean, just, I like the cleanliness of her voice and the melodies, and that's all you need for a great remix. And it's on and popping. The beat makes the vibe. It makes your body slide
1: to another space and time. Tracy Young, thank you so much for your time.
0: No, thank you, Lofi.
1: Your energy, your wisdom.
0: I just feel like this conversation, we're just getting warmed up, but I hope to run in- I want you to be safe. So I was just going to say when I run into you, but I don't know if that's going to happen for a little while again. Well, I'm,
1: I'm hopeful. You say you're an optimistic person and believe in God. So I too am optimistic and hopeful that we will all be able to be together, especially the way that the community survived together, the way that you talked about, you know, being out there, one person's from one part of the world, someone else is from another part of the world, and you make eye contact, and you're both singing the same song on the dance floor, and you know the moment, right? Like, yeah, I miss that. So I'm looking forward to getting that back.
0: I miss it too.
1: And good luck at the Grammys! Woo! I'm
0: gonna win, I'm gonna win, I'm gonna <laughs> win! <laughs> I've already won. There you go. God bless. Shout out to Armand Pegna. This is his track. It's called Save Off. Miami's in the house. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Life Out Loud with LZ Granderson is a production of ABC Audio, produced by my friend, Trevor Hastings. Senior producer is Brenda Salinas-Baker. Our amazing production team includes David Toledo, Vika Arison, and Carrie Ann Thomas. The executive producer of Life Out Loud is Liz Alessi. A big shout out to Lakia Brown, Joe Moore, Robert Zepeda, Tony Morrison, Josh Cohan, Elizabeth Russo, Ariel Chester, and Stacia Deshyscu. I'm Elsie Granderson. This, this is that, that good good. good.